Welcome to 10-Minute Bible Talks, where we connect the Bible to your life and the time it takes to get to work. I'm Keith Simon. And I'm Patrick Miller. One of our favorite things to do is invite on our friends to be guest hosts for 10-Minute Bible Talks and share about their favorite verses. So, here you go. Sometimes I wonder if we ask things of God that are too small. I don't mean too small for God because, well, we know he's involved in every detail. Rather, I mean too small for us, as in too small because maybe our view of God is sometimes too small. You've probably heard about the Battle of Jericho and about how Joshua and his army marched around it every day for seven days until they shouted and played trumpets and the city walls fell. It's a pretty magnificent story. And hang on to the podcast because we're going to get to that next week. But first, we have a lesser known, but really magnificent paragraph that serves as an interlude between the Jordan crossing and the Battle of Jericho. We pick up still in Joshua 5, just after the people have crossed the Jordan. They were obedient to the Lord through circumcision, and they just celebrated the Passover feast for the first time in their new land. The manna stopped, and they got to eat a real meal from this land of their new home. God has been faithful to every detail, big and small. But now Jericho stands before them, and God has promised them the city, but in reality, it's a fortified place. It's protected by a wall, and it's home to a very real enemy. The narrator shifts focus from the nation of Israel to one man, and we see Joshua head out toward Jericho, kind of on a reconnaissance mission of sorts. Maybe he wants to see the city for himself, so he can make a plan for the attack. Joshua 5.13 Now, when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up, and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua went up to him and asked, Are you for us or for our enemies? Neither, he replied, but as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Then Joshua fell face down to the ground in reverence and asked him, What message does my Lord have for his servant? The commander of the Lord's army replied, Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. It isn't clear at first for Joshua if this is the Lord himself or an angel of the Lord, but it is eventually clear to Joshua and to us as the reader that the message comes directly from Yahweh. The encounter reminds us of a similar time where God appeared to Moses through a burning bush to prepare his heart for a time of leadership. So at first, Joshua asks, are you for us or for our enemies? Joshua wants to know if this commander is going to be fighting on his side or the other side. And the answer he receives is far more compelling than the actual question, because the commander says, neither. It's as if he's saying to Joshua, you've asked the wrong question. I haven't come to take sides. I've come to take charge. I haven't come to join in and follow your plans, but to command and instruct your plans. Without knowing the answer to his first question, Joshua asks the next one, what message do you have for me? And the answer, take off your sandals, for you're standing on holy ground. So now Joshua sees who he's talking to, and and on his face before the Lord, Joshua's view of Yahweh is more real and more accurate. It's wider and deeper as he realizes that God has not come to take sides, but to direct operations. Joshua's been invited to abandon self-trust and self-love and self-leadership, to join in God's battle, and to be on God's side, to follow God's charge into the battle of Jericho. The God who appeared to Joshua is our living God. So as Joshua walked toward Jericho to view the situation before him, so we bring our questions before the Lord, and he expands and deepens our view of him. We ask questions, we walk forward faithfully, and through the power of the Holy Spirit, he lets us hear his voice and follow his commands. 
We whitewater rafted with really young kids a few years ago on the Arkansas River in Colorado. And as we were getting fitted for our gear, the guide gave us a speech that made me want to turn around and bail. It might not sound like a big deal to you, but I'm afraid of moving water and our kids were little, so the combo was a little much. Basically, it went something like this. People die every year because they don't listen. So do what I say and you'll be fine. If I say left, put your paddles on the left. If I say right, put them on the right. And otherwise, hang on. The speech is intentionally crafted to scare you a little bit so you lose some pride and have a willingness to follow the guide and listen. So after literally tying in our five-year-old with a rope around her waist and then his, all six of us went down the river fearfully listening and obeying our guide until we were also fearfully and excitedly obeying our guide. He was the only reason we made it through the river without losing at least one of us, probably in the rapids. So Joshua will fearfully and humbly follow the Lord's rather strange game plan for Jericho, but he will do it with the peace of knowing the emphasis is on God. He will do it with the assurance that the burdens aren't carried by him alone. God took Joshua's humble question about the battle he was walking into and revealed a bigger picture of the kingdom soil he was walking on and the bigger king that was on the throne. The Bible is packed with stories of God doing more than answering our basic needs and concerns. Listen to what Jesus says in Matthew 6. So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows you need them. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. Are you coming to God with your questions? And do you have space in your life to hear his word and have your view expanded from yourself and onto him? I think what I'm trying to say is if we don't have a relationship of some sort with God's word, we need one. It's the way we hear his voice today, like Joshua heard it way back then. We have questions about where to live, what to say, who to date, when to make changes, when to say yes and when to say no, among a million other things. We contemplate the pros and cons and the if-thens of our situations and sometimes get stuck, wondering if God will be with us on that side or this one. But as we faithfully encounter God through his word, we most likely won't find answers not to these specific questions. And that's a really good thing. Because if that was the case, the Bible would be simple and God's thoughts would be more like ours. Rather, what we find with God is so much more. We discover the truth about where we live and who lives in us. We see the truth about his holiness and power and understand the vastness of his kingdom. We find our obsessions shadowed by the awe of his identity. Through the power of the Holy Spirit, we learn to recognize and listen to God's voice. I hope we come to his word to have our minds renewed and our perspectives enlarged. I hope we bring our small questions to him so he can show us his larger story. If you want to start a relationship with God's word, you're in a good place. You can start by following along in the book of Joshua. You can start in the Psalms. You can listen on an app. You probably know how, but I hope you'll remember it's worth it to make it happen. And I hope that I will too. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed this content, please subscribe and give us a rating. That helps other people find this podcast more easily. Also, ask yourself, who could you share this podcast with? Texting an episode to a friend or a family member is a great way to help them grow spiritually. If you want to go deeper, check out our show notes for book recommendations. Mm-hmm.